This is an encore broadcast of Streams in the Desert Live. I believe that we are living in the days John wrote about. The end times are upon us, and of that there is no doubt. Get your mind out of the world, take your Bible off the shelf. Read the book of Revelations for yourself. Welcome to Streams in the Desert Live, an interactive prophetic talk show with pastor, evangelist, and prophetic teacher, Dana Bohansky, senior pastor of Streams in the Desert Ministries and House Church, where we look at the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy and give you, the listener, an opportunity to call in to ask questions and share information regarding the signs of the times. This ministry is dedicated to the preaching and teaching of the unadulterated word of the one and only true and living God under the power and anointing of God's Holy Ghost. Streams in the Desert Live is an expansion of Streams in the Desert Ministries. Now, here's your host, Pastor Dana. Read the book of Revelations for yourself. Tribulation. I don't want to be here. Shalom and blessings in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is Pastor Dana, and I once again would like to thank you for joining me today, January 20th, 2020, for the Streams in the Desert Live internet radio broadcast, coming to you from the beautiful Streams in the Desert Live home studio via StarWorldWideNetworks.com, where we look at the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy. Today's topic title is Iran's Soon-Coming King Cyrus. But before we get started, let us pray. Father God, we come before you this beginning of the new decade and new year, and Lord, we ask that the power working and anointing of your Holy Spirit permeate this show from start to finish throughout the year. Lord God, thank you for this wonderful opportunity to go around the world through the airwaves to meet people at the point of their need, bringing the power working and anointing of your Holy Spirit to their life that they may know that they have hope in the Lord Jesus Christ, your one and only begotten Son, who paid the price for the world's sins once and for all, for all mankind, if they will call upon his name, which is Jesus Christ. They will receive eternal life and be with you for all eternity. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would have your way in this day and do that which you have prepared and ordained for this hour. In Jesus' precious and holy name we pray, amen and amen. Well, folks, greetings to you all once again from wherever you are in the world as you join me, your host, Pastor Dana, today for another compelling episode of Streams in the Desert Live Internet Radio Broadcast. As we begin our show for today, please allow me to say happy and blessed 2020 to all, and thank you for joining me for the opening show of the 13th year of the Streams in the Desert Live broadcast, where we look at the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy. As we open the first 
show of this year called 2020 or 2020. We are at the same time beginning a whole new decade as well. And with that said, let us not forget what the current mandate from the mouth of the one and only true and living God to the ears of all mankind is, which is that the year 2020 will be and now is the year of the unknown, which translates to the year of the mysterious, strange, and unfamiliar. Let us now begin the new year and decade with this timely piece by Mr. Michael Snyder, author of not only the economiccollapseblog.com, but the mostimportantnews.com, which is where our first piece for today is from and is dated January 1st, 2020, entitled 2020 just began and weird things are already starting to happen all over the world, of which Mr. Snyder thusly begins by stating many of us are expecting 2020 or 2020 to be a very unusual year, and it certainly didn't take long for the weirdness to start. He continues by saying, in this article, I am going to share several examples of this weirdness with you, and I have a feeling that this is just the beginning of what we are going to experience over the next 12 months. Mr. Schneider goes on to explain, we live at a time when the pace of change has reached an exponential rate, and our society is literally coming apart at the seams all around us. That makes this a perfect environment for weird stuff to happen, he says, and that means I will have no shortage of things to write about in the coming days. Mr. Snyder continues by saying, I would like to start off by discussing the really bizarre phenomenon that is happening in the skies over Colorado and Nebraska right now. According to the New York Times, hordes of sophisticated drones have been flying in precise formations over these two states at night and nobody knows where they are from. They come in the night. Drones, lots of them, flying in precise formation over Colorado and Nebraska Prairie. They, where are they? Why are they there? He says, unclear. It's creepy, said Miss. It's creepy, said Missy Blackman, who saw three drones hovering over her farm outside Palisade, Nebraska, on a recent evening including the one that lingered right above her house. I have a lot of questions of why and what they are, and nobody seems to have any answers. Moving ahead, one or two unidentified drones is not a big deal, says Mr. Snyder, but we are talking about hundreds and potentially even thousands of drones that are operating in uh, coordination with one another and nobody has an idea who owns them. He then says, according to the Denver Post, these very large drones have a six-foot wingspan and spend the, night hour, spend the nighttime hours flying in grid-like patterns. The sheriffs of Lincoln, Washington and Sagwick counties told the Denver Post on Friday that there are 
Officers have been getting calls this week about the unknown winged devices days after initial reports out of Phillips and Yuma counties caused a national stir. Local and national authorities say they have no idea who is operating the groups of large drones reported to have six-foot wingspans and spend the nighttime hours flying in grid-like formations. Mr. Snyder then adds, needless to say, this phenomenon is freaking a lot of people out and it is spawning all sorts of theories. While the powers that be have no answers, the mystery aircraft have inspired a wide range of theories online. It has to be the work of a Mexican drug cartel, one commenter on the post website said. No, no, it's obviously aliens from a far away galaxy, another replied. Perhaps it's, it's the History Channel looking for lost cities or ranchers trying to track their cows, others theorized. Nevertheless, says Mr. Snyder, if you live in Colorado or Nebraska and you have seen these drones, please send me some photos. He continues by saying, I would like to get to the bottom of this because this is extremely alarming. After that, he says, on a lighter note, over the Washington state, over in Washington state, Officers recently spent 10 hours digging out vehicles that had literally been engulfed by giant, get this, tumbleweeds. He shares that state troopers in Washington state spent 10 hours digging cars and semi-trucks out from under hills of tumbleweeds that flooded a road on New Year's Eve in an, e in an event being dubbed Tumblegettian Washington State Patrol Trooper Chris Thoris, Thorson told USA Today on Tuesday that his uh, that his district had been receiving 911 calls uh, began receiving 911 calls around 6:30 p.m. local time about tumbleweeds blocking the roadway in an area about 20 miles west of Richland one of the state's tri-cities. The writer shares that the particular area of Washington does have to deal with tumbleweeds, but Washington State Patrol Trooper Chris Thorson, Thorson rather, I'm sorry, uh, has never seen such uh, things anywhere close to this bad. According to him, a strange mixture of weather and circumstances created just the right conditions for something like this to happen. Visibility was bad, which caused cars to slow down, he said. When they stopped, the tumbleweeds were piling so fast they just fully engulfed in minutes. It's kind of a strange mixture of weather and circumstance. I don't know how to really explain it, he added. It's just odd. It's so odd because it doesn't happen, typically. 99% of the time, you can drive through tumbleweeds. Meanwhile, Mr. Schneider, Mr. Schneider's, uh, meanwhile, my friends, Mr. Snyder says down in the South Australian area, they're dealing with colossal wildfires that are unlike anything they have ever experienced before. He says these fires are so massive that they are actually creating their own weather. 
The thunderstorms that have been spun as a result create even more fires, and embers are being pushed out by high winds over a very large area. At one point, says Mr. Schneider, thousands of people were forced to take refuge along the beaches because the fire had cut off all other escape routes. Thousands of holiday makers and locals were forced to flee to beaches in fire-ravaged southeastern Australia Tuesday as deadly blazes ripped through popular tourist areas and cut off several towns. In fire it's uh, in fire encircled sea communities along a 200 kilometer or 300 or 135 mile strip of coast terrified people wrapped in blankets and makeshift face masks sought refuge near the water as they covered their faces with anything that was available they huddled along the shore under an eerie orange sky as they waited to see what would happen Dozens of fires continue to burn out of control in the states of Victoria and New South Wales, or NSW. Thousands more people were forced to evacuate their homes along the NSW coast on Tuesday, which is dotted with small beach towns popular with holiday makers over the Christmas season. In Batemans Bay, NSW, hundreds of families fled their homes Tuesday under an eerie orange sky. It was like we were in hell, vacationer Zoe Simmons told CNN. We were all covered in ash. Mr. Snyder as well shares, of course, firefighters are doing all they can to battle these enormous blazes, and quite a few of them have already perished. He continues by stating one video that shows a raging fire overtaking a fire truck with the crew still inside has already been viewed more than 400 million times on Twitter. Shifting gears, he then states, on the other side of the world, unusually cold and snowy weather is making headlines. In fact, we are being told that some parts of the UK could be about to get as much as 20 inches of snow. A cold band of weather will hit Norway later this month, bringing with it the potential of snow, ice, and potentially sub-zero conditions, such as the low temperature forecast that some reports have stated. Temperatures will drop to as low as negative 3 Celsius or 26.6 degrees Fahrenheit, which could potentially drift across the North Sea towards the UK. Moreover, in a model produced by WX Charts, the snow falling across the UK could be as much as 20 inches or 50 centimeters. Mr. Snyder notes that in middle America, such a storm would not be unusual, but for the UK, this is definitely weird. Mr. Snyder moves to close his piece by sharing, unfortunately, things are likely, likely to get even weirder in the weeks and months ahead. Our planet is becoming increasingly unstable, global weather and patterns. Global weather patterns are getting really crazy. We are on the precipice of war in the Middle East. The fabric of society is unraveling all over the world 
And we have never been more primed for an economic meltdown than we are right now. He ends this piece by saying, so buckle up and hold on tight because the ride ahead is not going to be smooth. And my friends, on that thoroughly thought-provoking note, I will be right back after the break to share a word from the Lord God with you as given to me on December 29th, 2019 concerning just what we now see taking place upon this planet called Earth here at 11.59 and split seconds, just before the imminent return of the one and only true and living Savior of mankind, who is none other than Jesus Christ, as we continue with Iran's soon-coming King Cyrus. Okay, my friends, just remember, 
in the year 2020, we need to put all of our trust and faith in the Lord God, for he is the one who fights our battles for us if we belong to him. Okay, now, my friends, as we embark upon the second half of our show for today, it will begin with a piece that sheds more light on just what has been taking place over the last few months concerning the conflict between Iran and the U.S., It will ultimately end with a word that was given to me by way of the small, still voice of the Lord God's Holy Spirit just days prior to the end of the year 2019, concerning the year 2020, of which the Lord God has already mandated to be the year of the unknown, of which in the first week of has thus far shown that the mandate is truly a now word from the mouth of the one and only true and living God to be heeded by the ears of all mankind who plan on making heaven their eternal home in the days that are shortly to come. With that said, let us begin with this piece written by Mr. Michael Snyder, dated one day after the day that the Lord God, by way of his Holy Spirit, spoke the words of which I just mentioned that will be discussed following Mr. Snyder's piece, dated December 30th, 2019, uh, which, my friends, is titled, Will It Be War? U.S. airstrikes hit Iranian-backed militias as the Pentagon warns more military action may be coming, of which Mr. Snyder begins with this reminder. A lot of people seem to have forgotten that we were literally on the brink of war with Iran earlier this year. Back in June, he says, President Trump canceled a major U.S. bombing mission against Iran at the last minute. And things seem to settle down quite a bit since that time. But now tensions are rising once again. On Sunday, U.S. airstrikes targeted Iranian-backed militias in uh, Iraq and Syria that the U.S. officials believe have been behind recent rocket attacks against U.S. forces. Of course, says Mr. Schneider, those Iranian-backed forces never would have launched such attacks in the first place if they did not have permission from Tehran itself. He continues by sharing the Iranians love to hide behind proxies, and for now the U.S. is only conducting airstrikes against those proxies. But at some point, says Mr. Schneider, President Trump's patience is likely to run out, and at that point, we could start hitting Iran itself. Mr. Schneider as well makes mention of the fact that over the past six months, the U.S. has sent 14,000 more troops to the Middle East, and it is being reported that the Pentagon is considering deploying additional forces to the region. Mr. Schneider says the drumbeats of war are starting to get louder again, and many believe that eventually uh, one side is likely to push the other side a bit too far. Mr. Schneider continues by stating that the attacks that we've just witnessed were supposed to send a very strong message to Tehran. According to the Daily Mail, five separate targets were hit. And at least 19 people 
were killed. U.S. airstrikes left 19 people dead in Iraq and Syria on Sunday in retaliation against an Iranian-backed militia group blamed for a rocket attack two days earlier that killed an American contractor. F-15 strike eagles hit five targets associated with Kitab Hezbollah, the Iranian-sponsored Shiite militia group, said Defense Secretary Mark Esper. This piece goes on to state that these airstrikes were launched to directly retaliate for the casualties that the U.S. forces suffered from a rocket attack on one of their bases in Iraq on Friday. Officials with the U.S.-led mission to defeat ISIS said Friday that a U.S. civilian contractor was killed and several American troops were wounded in a rocket attack targeting an Iraqi uh, base in Kirkuk. The attack, which occurred Friday around 7.20 p.m. local time in Iraq, also wounded several Iraqi personnel officials with Operation Inherent Resolve, told Military Times in an emailed statement. But of course, says Mr. Schneider, the attacks... The attack was just the latest in a series of rocket attacks that have targeted U.S. forces lately. U.S. officials believe Iranian-backed militias are behind a recent spat of rocket attacks that have targeted U.S. bases and interests in Iraq over the last couple of months. A U.S. official told Military Times that Iranian-backed militias are now using more lethal and longer-range 122-millimeter rockets in their attacks. Friday's attack on Kirkuk is uh, at least the 11th, there's that 11, rocket attack targeting an outpost housing American forces in the last two months. Mr. Schneider at this point states, I am certainly not a fan of military conflict, but if I am sitting in the White House and somebody keeps lobbing rockets at my troops, I wouldn't wait two months to hit them back. So why did President Trump wait so long, he asks, just before going on to say, as I noticed, as I noted earlier, these Iranian-backed militias wouldn't be doing anything without approval from Tehran. He further states, if Trump really wants these rocket attacks to stop, Iranian leaders need to be sent a message that will be clear and unmistakable. He then makes note of the fact that when he says, of that, my friends, when he says, and it appears that the U.S. officials may be starting to lean in that direction. In fact, he says, Secretary of Defense Mark Esper told the press on Sunday that more military action could be warranted. Pompeo, uh, Defense Secretary Mark Esper and General Mark Uh, Milley, chairman of the U.S. Joint Chief of Staff, appeared briefly in a club ballroom to comment on the airstrikes. Esper Esper, uh, termed the offense successful, but said that Trump was informed that a further military response could be warranted. At this point, Mr. Schneider interjects, personally, I don't know what the Iranians are thinking. 
Perhaps, he says, they believe that if they use their proxies to make these things uncomfortable enough for the U.S. forces, that Trump will eventually pull them out of the region. But, Mr. Snyder says, if that is what they are think really thinking, they have badly miscalculated. Just before going on to say, meanwhile, Iran continues to get cozy with Russia and China. In fact, he says... The three nations, time to listen up, my friends, are currently conducting their first ever joint naval drills. Mr. Snyder continues by sharing that this weekend, China, Iran, and Russia began their first ever naval drills in the Indian Ocean and the Gulf of Oman. The training exercises were announced by China's defense ministry on Thursday as all three nations continue to have strained relations with the United States and its allies. He says the Russians have developed a very strong military presence in the Middle East in recent years, and Russia and China have both warned about what a war between the U.S. and Iran would mean for the entire region. He says a major war in the Middle East would have very serious implications for the entire globe, and it would risk sparking a much wider conflict. He as well shares that right now our relations with Russia are already the worst they have uh, been since the end of the Cold War, and they just continue to deteriorate. Continuing on, he says most Americans don't spend too much time thinking about a potential war with Russia, but over in Russia, there's a lot of talk about a possible military confrontation. In fact, he says Russia's top general recently warned that the Western powers are preparing for a quote-unquote large-scale military conflict. Russia's top general has warned a big war is coming in a chilling prediction amidst ongoing tensions with NATO. Valerie Jezrezimov, uh, Vladimir Putin's chief of general staff, has said he believes the West are preparing a large-scale military conflict. He was speaking at a senior briefing for the military saying that the West has assigned adversary status to Russia. At this point, Mr. Schneider goes on to say, ultimately, one of the biggest reasons why Trump may have been so hesitant to be more aggressive with Iran is because he realizes that it could potentially spark World War III. Just before going on to say, because once we go to war with Iran, the Iranians are going to start launching missiles directly at Israel. And Israel would undoubtedly strike back with overwhelming force. Mr. Snyder, moving to the end of his piece, uh, states that once the dominoes start falling, it could very easily set off a sequence of events that nobody is going to be able to control. He further states, we definitely live at a time of wars and rumors of wars, and peace could be taken from the earth very easily. So, he says, let us hope that cooler heads prevail. He then ends 
ends his piece by stating, but if the Iranians keep pushing their luck, it is only a matter of time before Trump gets fed up. And when he decides to hit them directly, he is going to hit them exceedingly hard. My friends, with that said, one day earlier on December 29th, 2019, while I was reading about the just conducted U.S. airstrikes in Syria and Iraq, the Lord God spoke to me by way of his Holy Spirit, and he simply said, everyone is always talking about Isaiah chapter 17, verse 1, but no one is talking about Isaiah chapter 13 and 14. My friends, In Isaiah chapter 13 and 14, the Lord God is talking about how Babylon will one day soon be utterly destroyed, never to be inhabited again. He also speaks about the soon coming day of the Lord, a.k.a. the time of great tribulation, and makes reference to the Antichrist as well. Within days of receiving this word from the Lord God, the United States of America on January 3rd, 2020, assassinated the top general of the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps, Al-Quds Force, Qasem Soleimani, who was as well the number two in charge behind the so-called Supreme Leader of Iran, Ali Khamenei. Now, the U.S. and the world at large waits to see just what the Lord God will allow as far as retaliation against the U.S. and her allies from the cowardly terroristic leadership of whom for the last 40 years has hijacked and held hostage the nation and people of Iran. My friends, I have over the years, as recent as last year, shared with you how the Lord God between the years 2005 and 2009 spoke to me by way of his Holy Spirit and his word being the Bible and showed me just how one day in the future that the Lord God, that is, would use the exiled crown prince of Iran, who is Riza Pahlavi, as a modern-day King Cyrus, to set the land and people of Iran free so that they may choose here at 11.59 in split seconds in whom they will serve for all eternity. Last year, I shared that the time was growing near, and now I truly believe that the stage is set for this very event to take place. You might ask just how this could come to pass, Well, my friends, my first answer is that with God, all things are possible. And secondly, when the Lord God says that he is about to do a thing, you can count on the fact that it will truly and surely at some point come to pass. The people of Iran since 2009 have become emboldened in various on various occasions to take to the streets of Iran for the cause of personal and national freedom and at the same time things the likes of that which are mentioned in the article that I'm about to share with you have been quietly taking place behind the scenes this article is dated December 14th 2018 and was written by 
Nahal Tusi for Politico's foreign policy column and is titled, Son of Deposed Iranian Shah Calls for U.S.-Backed Regime Change, of which the writer begins by sharing that Riza Pahlavi, the former Shah's son, made a rare public appearance in Washington Friday amidst pro-monarchy nostalgia in his home country. The writer then continues by stating some stating soon after President Trump soon after President Donald Trump took office his National Security Council aides considered trying an unusual new approach to Iran. Officials wondered whether Trump should record a dramatic video message congratulating the Iranian people on their new gear. The twist Trump would appear alongside alongside an Iranian royal who lives quietly in the Washington area, Riza Pahlavi, the exiled son of the country's late Shah. The word Shah, my friends, means king. The U.S. allied leader toppled during Iran's 1979 Islamic Revolution. The NSC officials decided against the idea, which was described by two people familiar with the episode, and Trump instead issued a traditional statement of goodwill for the Iranian holiday known as Nowruz. At the time, pairing Trump with Pahlavi might have struck many Iranian watchers in the U.S. as an absurd idea. Pahlavi's father was a deeply unpopular figure in Iran when he was overthrown, and his close ties to Washington was a particular source of anger at the time. Two years later, however, Iranian analysts say Pahlavi's credibility within the country has grown as Trump has imposed harsh sanctions, which some believe are meant to bring down its clerical government, begging the question of who would lead Iran if that happens. In a sign that he he welcomes the high in a sign that he welcomes the higher visibility, Pahlavi makes a rare public appearance on Friday, giving a talk at the Washington Institute for Near East Policy. He called for non-military action in support of Iran, Iran in support of Iranians trying to replace the Islamic regime with a secular democracy. Time to listen up, my friends, if I can get the words out. Quote, democratic countries today, America, perhaps the most important one of them, can decide who, whom they side, whom, whose side they're on. Pahlavi said, uh, urging these countries to, quote, talk to the people who are your natural allies. Pahlavi's family is enjoying something of a comeback in Iran nearly 40 years after they were forced out. Iranian protesters are chanting apologies to the royal clan, who ruled for 54 years. Satellite TV stations that managed to evade Iran's censors are celebrating the monarchy's pre-revolutionary heyday which many Iranians are too young to remember, 
Some Iranians are even uh, treating the possible discovery of Pahlavi's grandfather's body earlier this year, which was 2018, as an omen of his family's return to power. Quote, there's a nostalgia for the monarchy because people view it as a better time. And Ali Riza Nader, founder of the New Iran Foundation, a research group, said there are signs of genuine support for Pahlavi and he can capitalize on it. The Iranian regime and its supporters essentially dismissed him as a corrupt wannabe with little support in Iran. Did you hear what I said? The Iranian regime, meaning the current Ayatollah regime, and its supporters essentially dismiss him as a corrupt wannabe with little support in Iran. While spreading allegations that he is funded by Saudis, their arch enemies, and Israel, their other arch enemies, money. Pahlavi denies those allegations. Allegations, rather. Pahlavi, who is 58, is not openly calling for restoration of the peacock throne to Iran. His official biography describes him instead as a leader and advocate of the principles of freedom and freedom, democracy, and human rights for his countrymen. He casts himself more as a symbol than a politician, but has called himself ready to serve my country. He appears to have become a rallying point for a still emerging movement within the Iranian opposition that is trying to go beyond the traditional divides. This movement dismisses both the hardline and reformist fractions in Iran as part of the same uh, oppressive theocratic machinery. It also appears distinct from monarchist and communism and other groups that have sought the mantle of the opposition leaders over the years, including the once militant Mujad Houdini Catholic or MEK. One newly established network representing this movement is Farce Guard or Iran Revival. In, in an open letter, the group says its goal is to overthrow the Islamic Republic and to establish in its place a secular democracy that safeguards each Iranian's human rights. The group recognizes the key role that Prince Riza Pahlavi plays in connecting all segments of the Iranian society. It adds in replacing the current regime with a democratic and secular state, his leadership and influence can facilitate a smooth transition and ensure peace, order, national unity, and the territorial integrity of Iran. Pahlavi's office did not respond to a question about the exact nature of his ties, if any, to uh, Farscard, the group did not reply to a request for comments sent to its main email account, 
but a member said Pahlavi is supportive of their effort. While a number of uh, Trump's advisors have well-paid links to the MEK, whose complicated history includes having been previously designated by the United States as a terrorist group, the extent of the administration's ties to Pahlavi is not clear. A State Department official said only that the top U.S. officials have met with many members of the Iranian diaspora. On Friday, Pahlavi said that he had yet to meet with Trump officials, though he had previously spoken of reaching out uh, to Trump, including in a letter urging the U.S. president to bear in mind the aspiration of the Iranian people. Luckily for Pahlavi and his popularity, Trump appears intent on isolating, if not outright, overthrowing the regime in Iran. The Republic, the Republican administration has pulled the U.S. out of the Iran, the Iran nuclear deal, imposed sanctions on Tehran, and is pushing an information campaign against the country, calling out its clerical rulers for corruption and incompetence. It has made 12 demands of Iran that are so far-reaching that some experts say they are a disguised call for regime change. On Friday, Pahlavi was in sync with Trump administration talking points on Iran, denouncing the Islamic regime's funding of proxy militants uh, elsewhere in the Middle East, its role in the Syrian civil war, and its threat and its threats to Israel. Envision an Iran that works closely with its Arab neighbors to stamp out terrorism and extremism in the region and that welcomes Israeli scientists to help with its water crisis, that embraces American and European investment in the boundless potential of its economy, he said. But he expressed impatience that at uh, impatience at the Trump administration's insistence that it is only that it only wants to change Iran's behavior and not government. Quote, you cannot come and say we support the Iranian people, but we don't want regi regime change, he said. How the H-E double toothpicks do you want us to get to democracy while this regime is still in place? Moving towards the end of this piece, it is as well stated that shortly after Trump was inaugurated, Pahlavi gave an interview to Breitbart News, a conservative news outlet linked to one of Trump's advisors. It signaled that Pahlavi would be more outspoken. Pahlavi stressed to Breitbart, Breitbart that the fate of Iran must rest in the hands of its people. Quote, the day that we have free elections will be the day I will consider my political uh, mission in life accomplished, he said. From that day on, I cannot tell you now what the circumstances will be, 
I've always said that I'm ready to serve my country in whatever capacity that my constituents choose. Asked Friday if he would run for office in a democratic Iran, if uh, the opportunity arose, he insisted he's not even thinking about the possibility. His focus, he said, is on the liberation of Iran at the hands of the Iranian people. My friends, the soon coming uh, of just that, the liberation of Iran at the hands of the Iranian people with the help of the one and only true and living God by the sending of his modern day King Cyrus will move the Middle East and Israel closer to the soon coming war of Ezekiel 38 and 39 that the Lord God's plan calls for so that he may liberate his people and land, which is the land and people of Israel once and for all, and to bring in the time of his millennial kingdom, ruled by his one and only begotten son, who is none other than Jesus Christ. My friends, but for everyone else in the world, outside of God's plan for the land and people of Israel, we must be ready, watching, waiting, and praying for the imminent return and appearing of his one and only begotten son, who there again is the Lord Jesus Christ in what is called the rapture, as he comes to whisk away all that belong to him at his appearing. And the only way that one can be ready for that day is by in this day, which the Lord God in his word calls the day of salvation, is to invite the Lord Jesus Christ to make his home in your heart by asking him to forgive you, my friends, of your sins. So how do you do that? Well, Paul tells us in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13, when he says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, or right living in the Lord Jesus Christ is what I like to say. And the word of God goes on to say, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. My friends, what is the name of the Lord? His name is Jesus, the Christ, the anointed one of God, who came who laid down his life, his perfect and sinless life upon this earth for all of us who were born into sin after the fall of Adam and Eve. My friends, today, as the Lord God says in his word, is the day of salvation. We must be ready, watching, waiting, and praying for his imminent return, the Lord Jesus Christ, in the rapture. He will soon 
one day soon, my friends, at a time that only the Lord God knows, will break the eastern sky, and the only people who will see him coming are those who are ready, watching, and waiting for his imminent return. All others on the face of this planet, my friends, will continue on with their day as if nothing ever happened because they will not see it. It will be a spiritual activity, but the result will be that our spirits will be caught up with the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with him if we are ready to go with him, my friends. As the years continue on, things, as Mr. Snyder said, are unraveling at a very lightning speed rate. And soon, and very soon, my friends, our time will be up here on this earth as we have known it. Because soon, the Lord God will send his one and only begotten son first to receive his children in the rapture, to have them out of the way for the time of the day of the Lord, which is also, a.k.a., the time of great tribulation and the time of Jacob's or Israel's trouble upon this earth during the seven-year period of tribulation. This will be the second three and a half years of that time period. And after that time period is up, my friends, those who have gone in the rapture with the Lord Jesus Christ will return with him on white horses and fine white linen to begin their citizenship both in heaven and earth, my friends. They will have already gained heaven because they that's where they will be. That's where we will be for the three and a half years of the time of great tribulation. For the Lord God has not subjected those and will not subject it, uh, those who believe and who have served his one and only begotten son. My friends, soon... Things will begin to take place such as never before on the face of this planet. People will not even understand how it could be happening, but it's all right there in the words of God. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows your heart today. He knows where you're at. He knows what you need. And he knows that the first thing that we all need is to be right with his one and only begotten son by asking him, who is Jesus Christ, to forgive us of our sins by calling upon his name and saying, Lord Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. I know I am a sinner in need of a savior. And today I come before your throne and I bow down, spiritually speaking, to ask you, Lord Jesus, to please forgive me of my sins, that I may be ready, watching, waiting, and praying for your imminent return in the rapture. My friends, because if you know to be ready to meet the Lord in the air at the rapture, on this side of the rapture, and on the other side of the rapture, you didn't do it meaning you're left behind, you will be the first in line for the mark of the beast, of which the word of God states, whoever takes it, their soul will forever be doomed. 
with no way out because you knew to be ready on this side, but you chose not to receive the love and the gift of the precious and holy shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ to make yourself ready to be received into eternal life and therefore will have in the end chosen eternal damnation in the lake of fire with Satan, his evil angels, demons, and antichrist and false prophet, and all those, my friends, throughout the time of this earth who have rejected the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ and have instead walked in the ways of evil and in the ways of death that are provided by Satan. My friends, don't let that be you. Today is the day of salvation. And as we begin this new year of 2020, we need to be more vigilant than ever. Spiritual warfare is everywhere, and it always has been, but it is just growing exponentially each and every day. And my friends, remember what I said a few weeks ago. The Lord God has had me to, in my morning prayer, as I put on the armor of God with my husband, each morning we pray the armor of, uh, of God upon us and, and uh, hedge of protection around our household. And we come against, in the spirit, all the principalities and powers of the air and darkness that they be bound in the name of Jesus Christ, and we plead the blood of Jesus against them. In that prayer, my friends, the Lord God has specifically asked that we would add the spirit of chaos and confusion to the lineup. My friends, if the Holy Spirit is nudging us to do such a thing, it is only because He loves us He wants us to be ready to do spiritual battle for the things that are yet to come upon this earth. We are going into a very dark time. Each year grows darker and darker, dimmer and dimmer. One time the Lord told my mother in a prophetic uh, word that my spirit is swiftly leaving this earth and a counterfeit is being set up. My friends, today is the day to ask the Lord Jesus Christ to be your Savior. Today is the day to ask the Lord God, after you do so, to fill you with the indwelling power, working and anointing of His Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. It's in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, and Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 6. If it's there, it's never changed, my friends. So it is part of the gifting that the Lord God has prepared for those to make a stand in the spiritual realm as the days grow darker. For those who belong to him, he has made a way where there seems to be no way, and he has made streams in the desert, my friends. So therefore, today, if you would like to ask the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins and to call upon his name, as it says in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13, to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and to believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead so that you can be saved. And 
with your heart, believe in to righteousness or right living in Jesus Christ, and with your mouth, confession is made unto salvation, which means way of escape. And our only way of escape is through the precious and holy shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. If today that's you, my friends, and you want to make that break with the world, and you want to begin to know God's word, know it well, and know it correctly for yourself, that you will be ready, watching, and waiting, and praying for the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ, then please join me in this prayer. Pray this out loud from the depths of your heart, not from just your mind or your mouth, but from your heart. The Lord God knows the end from the beginning, and today, my friends, you can be set on the path that the Lord God has prepared for you and is one of eternal life and joy unspeakable. With that said, please pray with me today to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior or to rededicate your life to Him as we begin this new year. With that said, let us pray. Dear Lord God, I humbly come before your throne and bow down, spiritually speaking. Lord God, I thank you for the gift of your one and only begotten Son, who is Jesus Christ, and the price that he paid for my sins. Thank you, Lord God, for sending the very best, which is your one and only begotten Son, who is Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, I come before your throne, and I bow down with a broken and contrite heart and spirit. And I ask today, Lord Jesus, that you would please forgive me of my sins. I know that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And Lord Jesus, I know that you are the only Savior of mankind. And I ask today, from a broken and contrite heart and spirit, that you would please forgive me of my sins and take up residency in my heart so that I may see you coming in the eastern sky and the power working and anointing of the Holy Spirit raise me up off this earth on the last day at your appearing. And I thank you for that gift, Lord Jesus, for I know that if you, I know that you are faithful and true and that if I have asked you from a broken and contrite heart and spirit to forgive me of my sins and to set me upon the new path that you have prepared and ordained. I know that I am now your child. And with that said, I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would have your way in my life from this day forward. Help me to know God's word, know it well, and know it correctly for myself. Help me to seek, by way of the Lord God, your indwelling power, working and anointing, that I may be ready, watching, and waiting for the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' precious and holy name I pray, amen and amen. With that said, my friends, I hope that you all have a blessed and wonderful and prosperous in the Lord Jesus Christ year, and it's a wrap. May the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Shalom and blessings until we meet again. I believe that we are living in the days John wrote about. The end times are upon us and of that there is no doubt. Get your mind out.
Join Streams in the Desert Live each Wednesday at 4 p.m. on Star Worldwide Networks, where your host, Pastor Dana, will examine the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy. Streams in the Desert Live thanks you for listening, for your phone calls, emails, and as always, your generous love offerings in support of this internet radio broadcast. You may also visit or email Streams in the Desert Ministries, home of Streams in the Desert Live, by way of the website or Facebook page, which can be easily found on the StarWorldWideNetworks.com Streams in the Desert landing page. Until next week, Streams in the Desert Live bids you all much love in Jesus, and that the peace of the Lord Jesus be unto you all, now and always. And remember, if you're not serving Jesus now, what makes you think you'll be doing it later in heaven?